Alaska's newsmakers. Action Line KINY. And good morning, everybody. You are listening to Action Line on KNY. I'm your host, Jordan Lewis. Joining me in the studio, as I have promised throughout this week, I have Assemblymember Wade Bryson. I have you back on that side of the table again. Good morning, Jordan. It is great to be on this side of the table. It's a little bit easier. Yeah, I imagine it's a little easier. You're not having a lot of calls going on, although you will. You're still going to be hosting. I'll get get there, yeah. You'll get there. Now, I have a couple of things I want to talk to you about. I think the first big one I really want to hit is, obviously, there was the, the finance meeting was earlier this week. Wednesday night, yeah. And so talk to me kind of about the, the process there and kind of how that went. Because I understand you also said you had gotten an email asking about why you didn't cover certain things in that meeting. Yes. Uh, so the finance meeting was um, the premise of we're going to the uh, assembly retreat. We're going to start you know, putting together the budget, saying what our priorities are. Uh, that's a lot of what we tackle in the retreat is what are the assembly's goals and priorities. Those are important because city staff use the assembly goals as their guiding principles of the job they do at the city. So we take this very serious. We anticipate like a full seven or eight hours Saturday. The mayor said for us to be there the whole day. Plan on it. Now, one of my questions is, were there any particular things that stood out during that finance meeting? Because I know I, when I, uh, uh, Assemblymember Christine Wall, she called in earlier in the week talking about some of the things that she had noticed while going over some of the information ahead of the meeting, such as like where there was a lot of money because not all the city positions were filled. Did you notice anything kind of like that? Oh, yeah. No, we thought it was actually, you look at it, I want to say it was like three and a half million or five million of uh, lapsed payroll positions. Like it, that's money that is will kind of go back in the system because it didn't get used as payroll. And that let us know that we have some serious hiring problems and every employer is running into hiring problems and ours are a little bit more specific. And so we're addressing those issues. Okay. Now, was there anything in particular that stood out to you? Like anything that you thought really needed to be addressed during that finance meeting? No, um, the finance meeting, the premise, and we got an email, and somebody asked us, why didn't you talk about the whole budget? I'm like, well, it takes eight or nine three-hour meetings over the month of April and the month of May to go over every category in the budget. It takes, like, that's 24, 27 hours worth of my meeting time. That's just me sitting in finance learning about every single department. This meeting that happened on Wednesday night, we actually got an email and said, hey, why don't you address the $10 million that you'd put in the budget last year for uh, Centennial Hall? Or no, City Hall. That's what I'm thinking. Sorry. Um, Well, yeah, it's it's sitting there during this budget process. That'll be considered probably fund balance, and we will make appropriate decisions. Just because it, well, it didn't get spent, so it's still there. We've gotten asked about that ten million. It's actually sixteen and a half million that was set aside for a new city hall, and so one of the conversations will be, how do we move forward? We're actually tackling that on Public Works and Facilities Committee that I'm the chair of. We have city staff out now looking at the different uh, available lease spaces so that way we can find a place to put city hall operations. Plan B, essentially. We don't have all the information for it yet. Okay. Now, one of my questions, and I think this is kind of a, a public perception thing, is obviously when it comes to now talking about you know that retreat, obviously that is everyone leaves and focuses on that in one area. And some folks might 
kind of perceive that as, oh, well, they're not doing that in a public setting. What are your thoughts on that? The assembly retreat is absolutely public. It's being held at the uh, airport boardroom. Uh, last year, I want to say we were at the hospital. Uh, we've done it at Centennial Hall before. Um, and we absolutely have members of the public come and participate in our uh, assembly retreat. Well, they don't get to participate, but they get to watch us uh, kind of have these dis- these type of discussions. We've done it in a couple of different ways. Um, and... You know, one of the ways is the goals will be on the board and then the assembly members will get to go and put our stickers on which one we think should have the highest priority. And we will literally have a discussion. How do we bring the main items up to the highest priority and what direction do we want to give staff on that? Okay. And sort of on that front, and then if you can't speak on that, that's completely understandable. What are the things that you are viewing as high priority? Well, housing, housing, housing. Housing is at the root cause of a lot of problems. Uh, Fire department, police department having recruiting problems. Housing crisis is at the base of that. Uh, Can't fill some of the city roles. Housing crisis at the base of that. Uh, Tourism operators, the local tour operators that are Junoites that, that live and own homes here in Juneau can't hire enough employees to operate their businesses at previous year levels stemmed to the housing crisis. So everything can kind of be boiled back down to, we have a housing crisis that has existed in Juneau for almost a hundred years that I have evidence of. So I have a feeling that there will be actions taken to help create new housing on all levels. That's the one piece of information we have is you can't just build one level of housing to solve your housing crisis. You have to build every single kind of housing unit and that's how you'll solve your housing crisis. Okay. And I'm glad you, you pointed that out and, you know, and this is by all accounts could be considered anecdotal, but you know, you know, my partner and I just spend time looking at houses and stuff every once in a while. Cause we're like, yeah, that'd be nice. Great. We're of the, the younger generation where a lot of us kind of reach this point of kind of regardless of where you're at housing kind of just seems like a, a dream at this point. Cause not even just is there very few housing, but then everything is quite expensive. And, you know, just looking at some of the stuff, you know, around here in locally, you know, everything seems to be, you know, upwards of $300,000. And you look at, you know, young people around my age, that is not an affordable option as a starter. And then you can't even really find anything that's too much lower. And when you do, it might just end up being like an undeveloped land that has nothing on it. Yeah, I think I just saw one of those uh, three-bedroom, one-bath ranch-style homes at 380, and I think that was the first time I'd seen a home below 400 in a, a few years. Um, man, if you can solve this problem, or if you can give me information to help me solve this problem, or help this assembly solve the problem of why the cost of housing is so expensive, share it with us because we'll tell the whole world because every community is dealing with a high cost of housing. It's not limited to Juneau, it's only exacerbated by our logistical challenges here in Juneau. Right. And that's why I'm like, I know it's not anything any one particular person could solve. Obviously, there's a lot of steps that need to go into that. But I think it's important to always remember to contextualize that. Be like, hey, here's some hard numbers so that folks have that additional context. Because I, I want housing to be an issue that gets solved as well. But when you have more than information, you realize, okay, I can't just use a wand and fix the problem. 
there's more steps that go into it. Yes, and we have been focusing on the housing situation for a few years now. It's not like it's today we decided to work on housing and the uh, giant building near Fred Myers is one of those examples of what we've been doing. Uh, Trillium Landing, uh, Riverside uh, Senior Center, literally one of the examples of our incentives uh, for developing every kind of level of housing. So we have incentives, uh, tax abatement, and if you're a developer and you haven't found something that helps incentivize you to build, then shoot, tell us about it. We're looking for ideas. How can we incentivize and help create more housing? So if you need the assembly's help on getting your housing development going, then you should talk, you literally should talk to us because we're interested in that right now. Gotcha. Now, I do have another quick question for you, which is a far smaller tidbit from uh, this week's meetings, and then we'll go into our break, which was, I know you were talking about trying to get a little tax holiday going, and that, that didn't quite pan out. So maybe talk to me just a little bit about that. So one of the number one requests that has come from the community is lower the cost of living in Juneau. And that is way trickier to do than it's easier said than done. It's just not a simple thing. Other cities across the country, and I found so many that I stopped keeping track because so many cities that have a sales tax utilize a sales tax holiday as an economic tool. And Every time somebody gives me this scenario on why they don't think it would be fair, why it wouldn't work, uh, the proposal that I had was completely voluntary. So if it was too complicated for a business, like they ship out of town, and then you have sales tax that's collected by Alaska Municipal League, so maybe don't participate. Just take the 5%, cent, 5% collect it, and remit it. No big deal. But for a vendor where they sell, maybe they sell one boat engine in the month of February because it's not quite boat engine time, that could be a big deal. The difference between selling one extra engine in February, that, that could go a long way. And um, no matter what scenario somebody tried to like trip me up in, it benefited the business community and the citizens of Juneau. So we can't lower the cost of living by 5% or 10% in one fell shot. But this would have given like a small break to some of the small business community here and to the Junoites in town. But uh, it's still in committee. Uh, it needs a little bit more uh, uh, assembly discussion time. Um, it's not dead yet. So if uh, you know people are interested in that, I would recommend reaching out to other assembly members, not me, and uh, let them know that you're in favor of a sales tax holiday. Or if you don't, just don't say anything and it'll go away. So, well, on that, we will move into our break. When we come back, you'll have more Action Line on KINY. And we are back with more action on KNY. Joining me still, I have Assemblymember Wade Bryson. Now, my next topic I wanted to hit with you is one that we talked about a little earlier this week, which is that Juno could apply for this composting grant for making a new organic composting area in the Lemon Creek gravel pit. So, yes and no. We have zero plans. There is zero, like we don't have anything written down that says Juno is going to put money into this location. Uh, we have an existing composter in town, and when we were made aware that we, one day we might possibly receive $2.5 million for composting, and literally that's all that it is. One day we may receive it from the federal government, and I won't give any percentages of how likely I think that is, but I'm definitely not holding my breath on it. 
uh, our local composter just wanted the city to hand over that two and a half million dollars. No questions asked, no plan, no competition, and nothing in the city operates on that way. It just doesn't. We can't just, if it's above $5,000, it has to, or is it $50,000? We might just changed it so that staff could actually have a little bit more flexibility. But if it's of any substantial dollar figure, it absolutely has to go through the entire process. We cannot just divvy out $2.5 million because one contractor asked for it. There are other entities in the community that are interested in enacting a composting. And so... You know, just we have to be fair no matter what it is that we're doing. And so I think that's the actually advantage, though, of an existing composter as Juno's trying to figure out what do we do? Because that's the phase that the city government is in. How do we do this? How do we become a compost helper? How do we get the city into composting in the area? And the right answer is same in a lot of different categories. Do an RFP. Request for proposals that people can say, I can do composting for you. Here's what I think my expenses would be to operate that for you. And we're trying to get to that. So we're not there yet. There's We don't have $2.5 million, so that is false. And we can't just hand it over to a composter and think about put, apply that in any other a park and rec activity. Can you imagine if the city was like, hey, we got this one guy that uh, – holds pickleball tournaments, we want to give him $500,000 so he can facilitate pickleball. People lose their minds, right? And that's a little bit what we're doing. Tell me which situation we would just hand over $2.5 million to one business that asks for it without going through the entire process. And so I think that's a little bit what people need to know is that we're trying to go through the process now because composting is only one component of waste stream diversion. And it could be a very small component. Like we could dump lots of money, $6 million into a compost facility and only change the amount of waste that goes into the landfill by like 2%. Not worth it. We need to know how can we most impact Juno's waste stream because Juno residents are the ones that are paying the high cost of waste right now. If we can get a great answers for waste stream diversion that's how we can truly lower the cost of trash in juno so we do it methodically by this process so that way it's fair to everybody involved and if another entity maybe was better at the skill set we're asking for wouldn't the community be best served by having the best entity provide the service so and that's why we, when we made the article about it, we have all the links for the EPA to, that has all their information on yeah. it, and that, that that whole process is open to the public input. So that is through December twenty sixth. So if anyone wants to put in, put in on that. Sure. And if everybody thinks that we're not being fair, and they think that we should just be handing over the two and a half million dollars, then tell that to the EPA, and it's their money, their rules. Who knows? Maybe they'll tell us something different. So. My next topic that I want to talk to you about is the passenger fees are up for a discussion uh, beginning on this coming Monday. Oh, yes, that is correct. Um, here's the best advice that I can give to you if you want to put input into the passenger fees. Think of an activity that touches the ship. Marine passenger fees are by law required to uh, 
be fees that are offset the services that we provide to the vessels that land here. And so when folks pull a pie out of the sky and say, do something in the valley, maybe not legal. So as you're planning marine passenger fees, think of the impacts that happen uh, near the ships. And that's stuff that we can really look at and have, you know, vet and get the merit of it. So, if, yeah, uh, not everything will qualify for marine passenger fees. And we've already been sued once for it and got out of the lawsuit. And we don't want to do that again. It's not uh, in the community's best interest to be in a lawsuit with the cruise industry. No, considering that that is a very large income stream coming off the cruise industry. So, yes, do you want to keep that in mind? Now, I've talked with you about a lot of serious topics. So I want to kind of change the pacing a bit. Because I understand you've been a little busy for the last couple of months. You've been organizing. I have been getting ready for an event. Uh, so on January 8th of this next year, I turn 50. And if it's hard for you to believe, it's even harder for me. I still feel like I'm not an adult yet. Uh, one day I'll grow up, I promise. Um, but the only thing that I could think of to celebrate my 50th birthday is to have a party and invite everyone I work with. So... If you're a customer of Subway, you're invited. Do you listen to me on Problem Corner? You're invited. Do you work with me at the city in every way? You're invited. Uh, man, I can th I'm just trying to think all the ways. Do you serve with me on one of the boards or commissions? Huh, you're invited. Uh, did you go to school? Did your kids go to school with my kids? And do we get to go watch sports together? You're invited. Um, I just looked at all the different areas that I work in from the radio station to the commercial businesses that I have to my city service to my volunteer service and I figured the best way for me to celebrate turning 50 was to throw a, a good old Juno gala to raise funds and this fundraiser my, my birthday gala is a fundraiser to benefit the Glory Hall, Aware, Siegla, Perseverance Theater and I'm trying to fit something extra in there so I can give some money to Juno Animal Rescue. So I thought, have a big old blast, a fun fundraiser, and then I can benefit uh, some of the uh, favorite nonprofits here in the community. So I'm inviting you. If you're listening to me now, you're invited. I would say if you have questions, you can ask him uh, here in a little bit because it'll be prom quarters. Centennial Hall. All right, so my birthday's on January 8th, but we're, we're hosting this on Saturday, January 6th, and we're going to give a new meaning to that date. So Centennial Hall, 6 p.m., January 6th. Come for the most interesting birthday party you have ever seen. I've got some fun, fun things planned. I'll hold you to that because I've seen some interesting birthday parties, despite not being that old. All right. Um, I wanted to make sure that this was a great event for everybody. And I've, I pulled in a little bit of everything. I went to... I think five galas just this season and so i have a silent auction i've got some face painting uh i got a, a beautiful beer garden uh i've got v cellar door uh we've got subway sandwiches tacos i mean it's we're gonna have a really fun birthday party and it's uh should be age appropriate well that is important gotta make gotta make sure you can have everybody come along all right well thank you for asking about that jordan you're invited Oh, I imagine so. I mean, I've known you've been planning this for a couple of months now. 
So <laughs> it's all about finding the right time to bring it up. You are my work bestie. What are we going to do, Jordan? We'll figure it out. <laughs> all right. We'll figure it out. Now, we do have to wrap up the show here in just a moment. Do you have any final comments? Because we don't have that long. Um, I love you guys. Thank you for letting me serve on the assembly. I truly love the work that I do there, and I will continue to do it. Alrighty, and on that, we will be wrapping up Action Line. Thank you all for listening. Wade, thank you for coming in. Glad and to. We, we can swap chairs. <laughs> we'll swap chairs now. All right, thanks, Jordan. Action Line. Weekday mornings. Action Line. If it happens in Southeast, you'll hear it on Action Line. K-I-N-Y.